the King James Version, where each and every week, Nick's friends, Alan and me, recount Bible stories from our childhood to him. He's never heard them before. My name is Adam. So this week is a little different. Uh, We were having a hard time finding a time when all of us could record, and Alan came up with this idea of recording an episode in the car on the way to Home Depot. I did my best to clean up the audio, but you can definitely still tell that it was recorded in a car. Also, uh, we realize we've never really addressed it. Um, We're following rigorous COVID precautions. Uh, As we've mentioned in passing, Alan is married to my sister, and uh, they live in sort of a compound with my parents. Uh, We chose, at the beginning of the pandemic, to all quarantine together, along with Nick and Evie. Um, And we've not broken that quarantine pod. As cases in the U.S. are ramping up, please, please wear a mask and maintain a six-foot social distance in public. Uh, Anyway... That's the only reason Alan and I are in the same car for this recording. Stay safe out there, and I hope you enjoy this car episode of the King James Virgin. We thought we'd um, kind of do, in conjunction with uh, the political podcast we've been doing, we thought we might talk about how it impacted kind of church internally. Yeah, well... I was trying to think of something that I could do that didn't require, you know, me holding a Bible or a bunch of notes in my hands. Right. And um, I, the, the the joke of our podcast and, and my rant is I never want this podcast to be about um, like we wore jeans in church. Isn't that weird? Right. Um, which I literally texted to Adam and Nick maybe a week ago that yes. I didn't want our podcast to become that. But because that's just stuck in my head. That's um, all you're thinking about now? (laughs) Well, I was just kind of thinking about it. And then it popped into my head that we didn't always wear jeans in church. You know, when I was a kid, we didn't. And and so I was, I wanted to talk to Adam why we think that happened. Yeah. Well, and it's, yes, I think it's it's an interesting, because I can, I wouldn't say I can pinpoint a date, but I can pinpoint like a like a I don't know what four or five year trend and I'm curious if your if your experience lines up with mine and it it has in the past Um, so when I was really really little even as kids it was like like I frequently wore a suit jacket yes yeah we had I mean like my dad would wear full suits like this he like my, bad brown or gray right. or my, black suits. My dad's a, an optometrist, and so like As this is mine. Right, which is a weird. Coincidentally, it's it's not. I was gonna say that's not how we met. It's not not how whatever doesn't matter. Um, but uh, the same suits my dad would wear to work were the suits that he'd wear to church. Um, maybe on Christmas he'd wear like a sweater instead of a suit jacket. Oh, interesting. But that's about the like the range of. And and so as kids, you know, we were tiny adults so we wore suits yep. or dress pants at least like a, a button-up shirt yep. probably a tie yep and tuck, a clip-on tucked in a clip-on of course <laughs> um oh no like i remember getting and to wear suspenders. like having my dad tie my tie for the first time was a big fucking deal i do appreciate that i i'm good at tying a tie because yeah. i grew up doing it but although both of us have an affinity for bow ties which we did not learn in, at home that was something we youtube neither do either of our dads know how to tie a bow tie no um, but then there was a point where, and I'm sure it pissed our dads off, where the dress shirt became untucked, but it was still slacks. And that, I mean, that's, yes, I mean, for, for us, you're being for like 
for youths, us, yes. for youths. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely untucked. Um, I never did like a lot of the, my friends went to that was at the same time they went to like cargo pants. It was cargo pants and untucked mm, dress shirts, was, but khaki. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, yes, khaki. I uh, like khakis were the nice ones, but like my mom was always trying to get me into Dockers at that time. Okay. <laughs> this is a weird fucking I like. This is weird stuff that I don't think I'd ever have talked about, but uh, did, was that a thing? Like the discussion about going from, you know, I remember having conversations about whether pleats were still in or not. I, I remember, I mean, yes, not in the context of church. Okay. Like if pleats were more holy. Well, cause the only time I'd wear dress, like I wasn't wearing dress pants to school. That is a hilarious conversation though. It sounds like a, like a bad Christian knockoff key and peel about yes. if pleats are more holy than flat front. And it wasn't, so in our context, it wasn't a holy thing, but it was like the same way that my mom would have conversations with me before going like back to school shopping about clothes for back to school. We would have like church wear, like what am I, like are, are you gonna get Dockers this year? Um, Sure, you'd be stocking up on your back to school stuff and yeah. a specific church outfit. Right, and probably I, shoes, dress shoes. Okay, I get that, I get that, yeah. Um, and uh, I had atrocious fashion sense as most it's not fair. middle was, school teens. Yeah, it was the mid 90s. It was just not a fair time <laughs> no. for fashion. Do you, do you, do you remember the, the, the very short lived banded collar? Yes, shirt? absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, we just looked like a Wild West clergy. My dad was all... He still wears them. Yeah, loves the banded collar. Yeah, I, I mean, it looks fine on him. It uh, does. For, for for us, the, the big trend was uh, khaki pants, mm -hmm. obviously, um, a braided belt. Yep. And like a dark royal blue button-up dress shirt. Uh, by the way, braided belt that was too long that you would tie in a weird knot that would dangle straight down. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but the blue dress shirt was a thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know why, but we all had that like royal blue dress shirt. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we're going too deep into this tangent. Um, although I should say, uh, again, to mention my little brother, um, I'm a bit older than him. And so for some reason, it was sometimes my job to get him dressed and ready for church, which oh. I, I'm sure he doesn't remember. Um, but because he was very young in the mid nineties, right. um, it was all sailor outfits uh, with like white tights. <laughs> Is this why he like joined the Navy? And, and then he was recently, yeah. Uh, Brian, correct me, but I think he was a seaman, not a sailor. I mean, uh, may, I, don't I know hope if, so. I don't know if they're hand in hand. But uh, anyway, that was the thing. That was my job to get him dressed. Okay. Which seems like a lot of pressure for a nine-year-old. Yes. I mean, you have a hard enough time getting yourself dressed. I didn't hate it, though, so maybe, maybe they were right on that. Um... <laughs> Uh, so as I was transitioning to the untucked blue dress shirt, uh -huh. my little brother was in uh, tights and a uh, sailor outfit, Man. which is where I want to bring in the, the, the side thing that I think was happening at the same time. So the church we were raised in, the Seventh-day Adventist church, as we've discussed before, was very anti-war, yep. anti-gun, yep. anti-politics in yes. the church. Like hugely uh, anti-politics, big supporters of separation of church and state. Yes, and I mean, historically abolitionist, historically, um, yeah, just, I, that's a great way, but like just, yes, the, the separation of church and state, the, it was uh, the overarching term, I believe, was religious liberty. Sure. Was the, uh, was it, it's a tenet. And of, so, something of, happened in the in the 90s, you know, post-Reagan, yep. post where 
was the first time? It, it wasn't. It's obviously not um, causated, but it possibly is correlated where this whole thing with the youth deciding to not tuck our shirts in, wear ties, and and the elder people in the church kind of like just being okay with it, I feel like our religion also started creeping towards just standard evangelical or like yes religion where where the all of a sudden like church members went hunting right and or it, it became it became I, okay i was gonna say i wonder if it just became public knowledge you know like it was a thing that like families did but they didn't talk about in the same way that like at the same time which but, is kind of a weird thing like people started drinking coffee like people had always drank ca- coffee but they like suddenly started talking about drinking coffee. In a weird way where the church was being a little more accepting of, you know, people's dress yeah. and their personal habits, it lost a bit of the identity that I think made it kind of its own religion. Yes, I would definitely say it moved a little bit away from its separatist ideals. I mean, it, what's funny, I don't know if this, I remember the first time somebody I knew, like their elder sibling joined the military out of high school. Mm. And it was a huge deal because so Adventists um, historically, like if you're a good Adventist, you were a conscientious objector. You would go in if you you had to join. Right. If you were were, drafted. drafted. And and typically it was it was good form to not uh, enlist. You were drafted. The the only time you went to war is because you had to. And if you did, you were not going to carry arms. You were going to be a medic or some other uh, non-combatant. Which we've dis- we've discussed that Adam's uh, like Pop, w- Pop, yeah. war hero grandfather uh, and initially went in as a conscientious objector, but didn't want to miss a day of uh, training so he could help people. And so he, he actually did carry a, a sidearm, which he was ashamed to until the day he dies. Right. He, that he that, had to carry a sidearm. The only way that came out is because uh, somebody approached him about doing a documentary. On and, conscience. And none objectors. of us knew that he actually ended up, was not officially registered as one because of, yeah, he didn't want to take Sabbath off essentially. So that's how big of a deal it was. Yes. Um, that, that, that shame like weighed on him for ever. Yeah. Um, and so there's this thing that happened in the nineties where, you know, untucked shirts became okay. Coffee became okay. Praise music began to Guitars become more crept on to yeah. the stage. Um, you know, we're still a ways away from drums and blue jeans. Right. Um, but like they're on the horizon and, and I don't know what that was culturally. Um, I don't, I mean, like I mean, I, maybe Bill Clinton, who knows? Right. Oh God. I remember that it was, yeah. But that was another thing. The church hated Bill Clinton. Yes. Well, so again, I think we're just maybe coming off Republican presidents. And so they didn't talk about it ever. I also like, I have a bit of a bubble in that I, grew up in in the San Juan Islands, which are just hippie central. And so I think my church was probably more split. Interesting. Because I remember like post potluck, my mom does not ruffle feathers, but she got very into it with a couple of church members on like a, you're not accurately representing the left sort of argument. Weird. I, I would love to see your mom do that. It was very awkward, her going, well, I'm not sure that that's, I don't know, I, that's, that's, I think that's inaccurately stating what they're trying to, like, it was that kind of a vibe. My mom is very, um, like, calming the waters type presence. Sure. And, yeah, anyway, uh, it was a, my dad, on the other hand, like, is, like, making waves on purpose. Well, he would have been a pretty hardline Republican still at that point. Yes, correct. Which, uh, I should mention, he's done a complete 180 on that, and 
there there could not be a bigger fan of Obama. No, no, my dad is uh, very much a uh, he, traditional he stand, de- Democrat at this point. He stands Obama very much so. To the point where he uh, although maybe more Pete Souza. I mean, that's what I was just gonna say. <laughs> where like he follows Obama's staff. Yes. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, that that weird shift in the '90s. I just I found. I, As I was thinking about jeans and church and that yes. like stupid cliche, I was thinking of like the other things that were changing politically um, at around the same it. time. It's it, there was a massive cultural shift, and I think there was a massive cultural shift in Christianity in general because you hit the early two thousands, and you get like the well, so late nineties you get like the Rich Mullins style kind of ragamuffin hippie Jesus, yeah, re, like refires, and I think in direct opposition, sort of accurate Jesus, yeah, and I think it's in a direct opposition to like Reagan. Reagan neoconservative Jesus. Mm. I th- that's my sure my, sure. I, I don't disagree. My read on it, um, because like you also get like I kiss dating goodbye at the same sort of time, and you get like uh, corners. There's a cornerstone. I kiss dating goodbye. Yeah, that was late nineties. You know, like you get the like the rise of the massive like megachurch, like Christian culture becomes a th- a separate entity. So you have the rise of like Christian recording artists, the rise of, I mean, I think the first Christian, like, quote unquote Christian movies started coming out. That's true. I hadn't really, I hadn't really put together that Christianity had this like blossoming moment in right. the mid nineties with, you know, like Michael Libby Smith and Sandy Patty. Uh-huh. And those are early. And then you hit like, that's all it was. And then all of a sudden we had, you know, like Reliant rock K. And, we had like and, rock and roll groups. Right. And like, I mean, you know, we joke about it a lot, but like, um, Oh, what's their, what's the jars of clay, like having mainstream success. And then mainstream like fall from grace when it's discovered that they're like religious yeah interesting anyway I, I i wonder if it's all tied to that like there's just like a whole soup of things going on i i, I kind of imagine there's this like eddy or like mm. vacuum's not quite the right word where the religious right pushed so hard and so fast into into like our, our cultural, they, they became like a cultural presence, uh, kind of militant almost. Yes. That they created this space where Christianity could flourish kind of behind it. So whether or not it was part of that religious right, like Rich Mullins. Right. Or, you know, jeans and church have, I feel like the people who started the religious right would hate jeans and church. Right. Um, but they created this space behind where things could kind of mix up and, happen you know I, I just just finished editing the um uh the russell kirk episode and i'm thinking that it very might it very well might just be like personality differences between people who love tradition and versus people who hate tradition or are br- like bristle at tradition and i'm wondering if it's that sort of vacuum like you get the like the hardline conservative going i love tradition and traditional values but then like a rich mullins kind of going well, i actually don't get doing tra- like doing these rights for tradition's sake. I want to do these rights because they bring me closer to God or whatever the, you know, the spiritual fulfillment. Hmm. Um, Cause I mean, like, I don't know if you felt this way, but like the genes in church became a sign of like humbleness. Like it was a, we're trying to be an every man rather know. than the elite, the cultural elite. Is that, I, I mean, I would say that that trend was led by the like, um, like the rich kids. 
Oh, you I know, see. They dressed, they dressed more casually first, and you know, like the rich kids can. They, right. They can get away uh, with it. Afford, you know, air quotes to right. dress more casually. Both afford and afford. Uh-huh, cause uh huh. Because they have sway in the church because their parents have money. That's um, that's fair. So there might be a bit. At least that was that was my perspective. You know, like the dentist row along the river waterfront. Like I see. Their kids kind of led that. Not that it was a bad thing. And I didn't, so I'm thinking about it. I wore dress clothes all the way through high school. It was only when I got to college. Correct, which and, is the church Adam and I met right, run, doing, running. Right. I, I would agree that that was probably my first jeans in church. And I would wear, so I mean, like there was a progression. What's funny is like I, my like Dockers and uh, dress shirt got swapped out for my quote unquote nice casual wear like nice jeans and yeah and like my nice button up your, I mean, uh, your vintage uh, uh, western style button up yeah like it had and, way and too many boot, patches and, and boot cut jeans yes yeah like they were they were my uh, Joe's jeans jeans yeah and uh, <laughs> let's see what would we have been wearing Pumas uh, so you were you were Puma boy. I was um, like no I was a uh, I was like five dollar Walmart uh, uh, that's true you Velcro I, it's, at the time the the uh, when I met Alan, like you could not, he was like kind of like grunge hippie boy, which is so funny knowing him now where you're like more clean cut yeah, I think modern boy. I, but sure like, I'm trying to think of what, what I was wearing, like shoe wear at the time I would have been wearing, oh, European sports shoes that were like not Puma or Adidas. It would have been like some like, you know, ASOS or some, like some brand that at the time was, was, uh, niche and indie because that's my entire like my identity was other you know i wonder if there's (laughs) if we should be thinking about this generation generationally as well oh for sure where like maybe gen x was just like you know it's too much work to keep up all this artifice i'm just gonna like lazy boyify my my relationship to religion and like yeah i drink coffee i don't kind of care it's really I i mean maybe as a generation, Gen X is a weird generation because it does feel like it was, what is the least impact that I have to, like, how, how can I slip through any sort of aw- potentially awkward situation? And I think you're right. Like, they just sort of didn't say, like, their rebellion was not ostentatious. Our, because uh, our parents were kind of drug kicking and screaming, not kicking and screaming, but like, they they wore suits and tucked the, at least you know they may have lost their suit jackets right but they were definitely not the um, the instigators no so maybe the instigators were like more of a Gen X you know between our our boomer parents and us I'm trying to remember um, like all the Gen Xers that I can think of when like high school when I was in high school they were all wearing polos oh dudes were polo the the gateway jeans i think so i think it was like polos is the the gateway casual wear i think that kind of covers yeah i don't know how to wrap this up it was just i was just thinking of that the kind of related political and social things in regards to what nick's been telling us about yeah and i think that i what i think is interesting is our experience specifically like your and my experience of growing up in the church is all in direct reaction to what we're discussing. Right. You know, like it's not, we're not like, we didn't grow up in the eighties where we were being oppressed. We were almost like on the way out of oppression. So like, you know how like 
80s kids will talk about how terrified they were of nuclear like nuclear war. Yes. Like, I don't have that fear, that terror. You know what I mean? Like I don't I don't have that in the back of my mind, but I I remember media about it. Yeah. And so I think in that same way, like I don't have the the existential terror of like conservative what I have is like weird purity movement shit and like trying to find a what what's the balance of of casual to fancy. Like yeah, that's we, the shit we, that we may need to do another car episode on just I kiss dating goodbye and, oh. and purity rings. Yeah. Um, although I also kind of want Nick's reaction on that. I would um, love to get Nick on that because it's it's a lot. Yes, it is. And it, that that happened during our sexual development. Yeah, yeah. And so that just was a lot. Well, cool. We're here. So uh, this has been I whatever these are car episodes. It's been uh, k- k- car chat. We'll we'll come up with a creative name for this. I, I I want to call it King James Virgin Nights, but it makes no sense. So bye. Bye. <laughs>Hey, thank you so much for listening. You can follow us at KJV pod on both Twitter and Instagram to keep up with, you know, random social media type things uh, this week. We'd love it if you'd hit up the prayer hotline with your memories of changes in Christian culture. You noticed coffee and church for the first time. Clothing memories. Did you kiss dating goodbye? Record these memories as voice memos and then email them to dear Jesus at King Thanks to Mascaras and Resurrection Records for these for our theme song, Kixade, off the Memoran. And this week's Resurrection Records artist is Obsessions. You can find links to these songs, to the stickers we have for sales, to show notes, all sorts of things on our website, kingjamesvirgin.com. And since Nick isn't here, remember, until next week, none of this is real.
Sonic Bazaar.